Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80 percent less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up Quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's Quince.com slash upgrade. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. My girlfriend and I are renting a cabin in West Virginia. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how get 30, how get 20, 20, 20, how get 20, 20, how get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Virginia. On Thursday, a nasty ice storm came through and knocked out the power. It has been out ever since. The whole county is dark and will be for a while. The animals are acting bold. Last night, my girlfriend and I walked out to the end of the long driveway to get something out of the car. Her dog started staring at the edge of the field and went towards it. He is young, and so he gets distracted and does sometimes wander. He doesn't run away, but you will look up and see him behind the house or something. Anyway, my girlfriend runs to him and starts to bring him back when I spot something at the edge of the field. It's what the dog was looking at. I see it run across the road and into the field. It was very low to the ground and pale in color. It's too fast and dark to make out what it is. I assume it's a coyote. So I call out to her, hey, there's something over there. Get back here, and she walks back over to me by the car. From there... We hold the light and shine it over that direction. I see its eyes looking at us. Then I see more sets of eyes, probably about seven in total. They're shifting up and below the hill in the field, hiding and peeking out to see us. At this point, we still think it's coyotes. 
so I keep the light on them while she gets what she needs from the car. The thing is, I kept my light and my eyes on them the whole time, and they seemed to stand up. Suddenly, their eye shine would rise up as if they stood up on their back legs. Their eyes went from about one, two feet off the ground to easily five, six feet. I did not mention this to her, and I just said, Coyotes, let's go inside. Throughout the night, we would have to go outside to put gas in the generator, as the power was still off. She held the flashlight, and I filled up the generator. She is shining the light around, keeping an eye out for anything, as well as keeping the dog with us. She spots two sets of eyes about 100 yards away. At the bottom of the big hill that the house sits on, she says something's down there. I say coyotes are deer. She says whatever it is, it just doubled in size. And sure enough, I look, and these things are rising up and back down like the ones earlier. We have coyotes here. Everything about these events screams coyote to me, but I cannot fathom how they stood up like that. I saw it run across the road, and though I did not get a good look at it, it was not a deer. It was fast and low to the ground. It did not bound and jump like the deer do. I've been thinking about it all day, like it had to be a coyote, but then how did it get so tall? I was one of 31, an elite group of hunters, handpicked by an undisclosed branch of the government to handle the things that could not be explained. The things that lurked in the shadows and haunted the dreams of those who dared to venture too close. We were trained, seasoned, and primed for any danger that might cross our path. Our mission was clear to track and eliminate an unknown cryptid that had been wreaking havoc in a remote, forgotten part of the world. Our journey took us deep into a dense forest, a place where the sun rarely penetrated the thick canopy of leaves and the nights were filled with sounds that could turn the blood of an ordinary man cold. The woods were alive with an eerie energy, a sense of palpable dread that seemed to grow with each step we took. The creature we were hunting was no ordinary beast. The government had labeled it as an unidentified cryptid, but the whispers among our group spoke of something far more malevolent, something that bore a striking resemblance to the myth of the dogman. One by one, our men began to disappear, unseen, unheard, as if swallowed whole by the very forest we had come to conquer. Each morning we would wake to find another empty cot, another missing face. We were being hunted, picked off by something we could not see, something we could not understand. I was the last one, alone in the heart of the wilderness, stalked by an unseen predator. I was both the hunter and the hunted. That's when I saw it. Something massive obscured by the shadows of the forest. It was not the dogman, like creature we had been expecting. It was something far more extraordinary, something straight out of the myths and legends. A giant Bigfoot-like cryptid. Its colossal figure, kinda looked like King Kong, towered over the tallest trees, its eyes glowing with an eerie luminescence. Its fur was dark and matted, and it moved with a grace that seemed impossible for a creature of its size. The sight was both terrifying and awe-inspiring. In that moment, I knew I was done. But I was not about to go down without a fight. Armed with my hunting rifle, I took aim and fired. The sound echoed throughout the forest, 
causing a flock of birds to take flight in the distance. The creature roared, but alas, bullet was nothing for him. He tried to tackle me, so I backtracked and started running. He was right behind me. As I was running, I saw bodies of my fellow hunting troop. They were mutilated beyond recognition while running. I fired randomly until the luck stricken me. One of the bullets wandered between his eyes. Creature fell, a sound so guttural and deep that it shook the very ground beneath me. Its massive body crumpling to the ground, sending a cloud of dust billowing into the air. I, I had done it. I had killed the beast. The government retrieved me shortly after. They claimed the body, promising me that the world would never learn of what had transpired. But the experience had taken its toll. I was no longer the man I once was. The horrors I had witnessed, the friends I had lost, it was too much. I ended up in an institution, a shell of my former self. They said I was suffering from severe trauma, that my mind had cracked under the weight of my experiences. But I knew the truth. I knew what I had seen. I knew what I had done. And every night, when the world was quiet and still, I would see him again. The giant figure in the shadows, the eyes that glowed in the dark. The memory of Bigfoot haunted me. A constant reminder of the hunt and the price I had paid. When I was still in elementary school, me and my family used to spend all summer at my great-uncle's house. Me and my family slept in the same room, except for my sister who'd sleep on a bed in the living room, and my great-uncle who'd sleep in his own room. That one was a pretty normal day. We went to the beach, we ate some pizza, and then at around 10 p.m., we all went to sleep at around 4 a.m., I suddenly woke up because someone was throwing things around in the kitchen. Plastic cups, containers, food, etc. The door was open so I was able to see the light coming from the kitchen. So when I had enough of all that noise, I got up from the bed. At first, something seemed off. I thought I was having some sort of strange dream, and as any rational kid would do, I tried to see if I could bend fire. Who wouldn't want to fire bend, right? <clears throat> I couldn't. I wasn't dreaming. My father wasn't in his bed, but I didn't care much since maybe he was just in the bathroom. My great-uncle was fairly old and had trouble sleeping at night, so I thought he just went into the kitchen to get some water. Uncle? Uncle? Are you all right? All this noise woke me up, I said while making my way to the kitchen. To my surprise, the room was empty, but the light was on and the fridge was open with a can of Coke laying in front of it. What? I thought. I looked up to the shelf that was to my right, and I saw what was making that noise. Some sort of short creature around thirty centimeter tall. A gnome, you'd say, was looking at me, terrified. He was terrified because I saw him. I thought to myself, he's going to hurt me. Better if I fake to faint. And so I did. After a couple of seconds, I opened my eyes, and I saw that I wasn't on the kitchen floor anymore. I was in a strange, colorful tunnel. I got scared again and closed my eyes one more time. After a minute that felt like eternity, I reopened them, and I was laying in my bed. There were still sounds coming from the kitchen, but I was scared and just waited for them to stop. And before sunrise, they did. That wasn't the only encounter I had with that dude. But I never saw it again. I'd only hear him because I was, and am, too scared to see him again. I don't know what he was doing exactly, but I'm sure I wasn't supposed to see him. 
I know it sounds crazy, but feel free to ask me anything about this. When I was out on a walk in the woods close to my house, I did hear some strange noise from the woods. When I looked, I saw an about 2.5 meters high creature standing on two legs like a human, but the body were covered with fur and had a head like a dog. I directly started to run and did not stop until I was safe at home. When I ran, I did hear that the creature was following me, but it stopped after a few hundred meters. I am sharing this story due to the request of another Redditor. This encounter took place in the winter of 2016 in Davis County, Indiana. It was around 8 o'clock and very dark outside. I was out feeding my goats. The goat shed was about 300 yards away from my home. To get to the shed, I had to cross two small fields and walk along a narrow path through the woods. These woods border an Indiana naval facility. After I had finished, I began to walk back. I had crossed one field and was about halfway through the narrow path when I started to hear rustling in the underbrush. All I had with me was a little flashlight that only shined about ten feet in front of me. I was almost to the end of the path when I spotted something. It was on all fours with a bony frame, elongated limbs, and pale skin. Well, the first part of that description sounds pretty generic. It did seem to have a long and highly flexible neck. Not long after I noticed it, it noticed me and bolted down the path. It ran, almost scuttling into the second field. This field had a small hill in the center. This thing fled and disappeared over one side. I ran as fast as I could around the other side of the small hill and zigzagged back to my house where I quickly locked all of my doors. This thing was terrifying, but it seemed watchful more than anything for now. I want to preface this by saying I know what I saw wasn't a skinwalker, but this is the most helpful supernatural thread I've seen. I've scoured multiple places on the internet, and I still haven't figured out what I saw. The door to my bathroom is at the end of my hallway, so there's no possible way someone could have walked by, looked in, and walked away, coming from the right of the door. Anyway, I was in the bath, and all the lights were off, save for the candle I had lit on the counter. I happened to look back down the hall, and in the right-hand corner, a pale white bald being looking at me. It had to be at least nine feet tall because my ceiling is eight feet, and it looked hunched over and was staring at me with its neck bent almost upside down. It looked kind of like Voldemort from Harry Potter, but tall and skinny. It was obviously gone when I looked back, but I haven't been able to figure out what it was. My partner suggested it was just a nine-feet-tall ghost. Ha-ha, uh -huh, but I don't think so. Any help or what direction to look in would be appreciated. I work night shift. Three days ago, I came home, took my shower, and was sitting on the couch. I had a box fan in the downstairs window blowing cold air in. I live by an old cemetery in a small village next to a national park. I first thought something was wrong when the cats in the house were panicked, walking back and forth by the wall that's facing the cemetery. I watched them for a minute, and I heard what sounded like crying coming from the cemetery area, and I soft helped me. I sat there and listened and heard it again a minute later. I quickly took the fan out of the window and closed and locked it and made everything else was locked. The past few days since then, I've been feeling like I'm being watched. When I got home yesterday, my ears were ringing the loudest I've ever heard it, and I heard a soft sob again. I waited in my vehicle for five minutes. 
then walked to the door that's ten feet away. When I was opening the door, I thought saw something out of the corner of my eye, so I hurried up and closed the door behind me quickly and locked it. Once I was inside the ring, immediately went away, but my cats were moving in a panic manner again. I didn't know until recently that you aren't supposed to say the names out loud as it draws their attention as does whistling at night. This is in Northeast Ohio. My story happened in Hungary. We were sailing around a big lake with my then-boyfriend. It takes several days to do the full circle if you're not super fit and we wanted to make it into a nice holiday. There are many camping sites by the lake, big crowded places, not quiet, secluded grounds. We were students back then, aiming for the cheapest camping spots. In this one camping site, the cheapest spots were situated by the fence. Well, it wasn't a very massive fence. On the other side of it ran the bike trail and the train trails, too, so it was busy. We thought it would do it for the night, and yet again, we were surrounded by other campers, though not super close. I'm quite a light sleeper, would wake up for any noise, but my boyfriend was fast asleep. In the middle of the night, I was jerked awake of the noise of someone unzipping our tent, and suddenly I felt a hand touching my foot. I guess they were looking for stuff that they could move easily, like our bags, wallets phones, but those things weren't in reaching distance. They were piled up next to our heads. It was so surreal and happened so quickly, I didn't know how to react, so I just started kicking whoever it was. Fortunately, I managed to scare them away. In the morning, we saw that the fence behind our tent was tempered with. I was terrified, kept thinking about what if they had a knife on them or something. In Hungary, it's not easy to get a firearm. After that, I got a little lock so our tent couldn't be unzipped from the outside. I always wondered what exactly it was that I saw. Some may call it ball lightning, but I think that classification really takes away from the phenomenon at hand. This thing knew what it was doing. One late summer night, I think this was back in 2001, my friend was staying the night at my house and we went out for a walk. He was 14 and I was 16. At the time, I lived on the family farm in rural southern Maryland. It was a large, relatively circular path that circumscribed the westernmost parcel of land that connected the four homes on the property. Most of the path was laden with large gravel rocks, but the northern quadrant of this path was an old paved driveway that ran from my mobile home, past the barn, and to the rural country road that marked the western edge of the farm. The path from my home to the road was about 500 feet, I'm guessing. I'm sure that's all very confusing, but I'm just trying to paint a picture. I'll post a link to some aerial photos below to illustrate what I'm describing. Anyway, back then I'd usually walk our beagles around the farm at night, at my mother's request, so I had no fears of wandering around at night. When my friend came over, it was fun to break up our red faction kill stakes with strolls around the farm. It was very dark out in the country, and with all of the open space, the night sky was a canopy of stars. Couple that with the warm summer air, and nighttime excursions were irresistible. Again, anyway, we headed out. My terrier, Mitzi, followed along with us. She was always at my heels and didn't need a leash like the Beagles did. My friend and I started walking along the paved driveway and had intended to complete the circular path in a counterclockwise direction. We made it nearly to the road, just passing my great-uncle's. He owned the farm house on our right with my great-aunt's house to our left. The path shot off to the left along my aunt's dirt driveway and would have connected to the gravel path further along, but something caught my eye. 
Another one of my great aunts lived across the country road, directly adjacent from my uncle's house. The photos will help, but her house wasn't on farm property, though there was an open field on her side of the road. Behind her house was a wall of trees. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. And the deep woods beyond. The woods were everywhere out there, but my farm was mostly open land. Back to something caught my eye. What I saw was a light coming out from the woods behind my aunt's house. The road was quiet. Everything was quiet. I watched this light come closer, and I don't know why the first thing I thought it could be was a white rabbit, but I was trying to make sense of something that was about to get stranger. As the light crossed the road and approached closer, I could see that it was a floating ball of light about the size of a basketball floating about three feet off the ground. I'm not sure when I nudged my friend to get his attention, but we were both watching as the light avoided and then movered around the few tall pine trees my uncle had in his front yard. One thing I noticed about the light was that it was bright and white, but it didn't seem to cast any light on its surrounding. I don't remember if one of us moved or said something, but the light noticed us and stopped. It sat still for a few seconds, and so did we. We just watched it, and we were about 30 feet from it. Eventually, my dog noticed it too, as she was sniffing around somewhere else up until then. She started yapping and ran right at the sphere of light. At that point, the light sped off very fast, back in the direction it had come from, right back into the woods with my dog trailing behind. Mitzi was a fast dog, but she couldn't keep up. We watched her follow it into the woods, though. My friend and I just looked at each other, probably said a few expletives, and ran back to my house and into my room. My dog lost her quarry as she was back on our heels by the time we reached my yard. The experience was more bewildering than scary, but the adrenaline rush of seeing something like that had us wired, and I kind of wanted to be scared, so we were just staring out my window, which faced the end of the driveway for the rest of the night. I'm still not sure what it was, but that ball of light exhibited an intelligence, an active awareness of its surroundings and perhaps fear, which prompted it to flee. I've been a park ranger for years, but I've never been so lost in the woods before. 
It was already dark and my radio wasn't working. I tried to follow my footsteps back, but somehow I got even more lost. I heard something moving in the bushes, but I couldn't tell what it was. Suddenly, I heard a loud growl, and something jumped at me from the darkness. It was huge, and its eyes glowed in the darkness. I tried to fight it off, but I was no match for its strength. It clawed at me, ripping my clothes and skin apart. I managed to break free and ran as fast as I could. The creature followed, its heavy footsteps echoing through the forest. I could feel it getting closer, and closer, but it didn't stop until I finally saw the light of the ranger station. I slammed the door behind me, panting and bleeding. My colleagues looked at me in shock, but I couldn't speak. I could only point to the wounds on my body and the torn clothes. I've been a park ranger for over a decade, and in that time I've seen some incredible things. But nothing could have prepared me for the truth about what was really happening in the National Park where I work. It all started when I noticed that there had been an unusually high number of disappearances in the park. Hikers, campers, and even other park rangers had vanished without a trace, and despite our best efforts, we couldn't find any clues as to what had happened to them. That's when I started to notice something strange. My supervisor and some of my colleagues seemed to be hiding something from me. They would speak in hushed tones when I was around, and I could sense that they were holding back information from me. Finally, I confronted my supervisor, demanding to know what was really going on in the park. That's when he revealed the truth. There were unknown predators in the park, creatures that were preying on hikers and campers and even other park rangers. I was shocked and horrified by this revelation, but what really terrified me was the fact that my colleagues had been keeping this information from me. How long had they known about these creatures? And why hadn't they done more to warn people or protect them from harm? I knew that I couldn't keep this information to myself. I went to the media and shared the truth about what was really happening in the park. But instead of being praised for my bravery, I was fired from my job as a park ranger. Now I'm on the run, pursued by the very people I used to work alongside. But I won't stop until the truth about the unknown predators in the park is exposed. I know that it's dangerous and that these creatures could come after me at any moment. But I won't rest until justice is served and the innocent people who have vanished in the park are given the answers they deserve. As I led the team of archaeologists at the site, we were eager to uncover any artifacts that would shed light on the ancient Native American civilization that had once thrived in the area. We had been digging for weeks, but we had no idea that we were about to unearth something far more sinister. As we began to excavate the burial site, strange occurrences began to happen. One of our workers, a young man named Jake, suddenly collapsed and died, his body wracked with convulsions. A few days later, another worker, an elderly woman named Mrs. Garcia, was found dead in her tent, her body twisted in an unnatural position. We were all spooked, but we soldiered on, determined to uncover the secrets of the burial site. However, as we continued to dig, we began to realize that we were dealing with something far beyond our understanding. Strange symbols were etched into the walls of the burial chambers, and the air was thick with a sense of foreboding. I knew that we had to report our findings to the local authorities. However, as soon as we did, we were met with a wall of secrecy. Secret FBI officials arrived at the site ordering us to cease all work and to keep our mouths shut about what we had found. They claimed that they were there to investigate a possible terrorist threat, and that the excavation site was now considered a crime scene. I was furious. I knew that something was being covered up, and that the lives of my colleagues had been put in danger. 
I began to investigate on my own, determined to get to the bottom of the mystery. Thank you, Horror Den, for giving me the opportunity to tell you my story. I'll keep you updated. I was driving home one day. Since the drive is quite landy, I stopped to stretch my legs. I pulled off the road on a corner. I got out of my car and relaxed for a second. After a few moments, I turned around to go back to my car. But when I did, I saw something move on the side of a hill next to me. I stopped and watched it for a bit. It was very tall and very wide. It was dark and walked with a slight hunchback. At first, I thought it was a man, but this thing was huge. There was a few cows and trees around, so I could guess the height of it. I would say it was well over seven feet tall. The cows didn't even seem to notice the creature. It would stop every so often and look in my direction. I stood there confused to what it might be. I've lived in the mountains all my life and had never seen anything like it. My pulse jumped when I thought of what it could be. With that thought in mind, I got in my car and sped home. While bow hunting in late Nov or early DC of 2002, I fell asleep against a tree stump. About an hour later, I was suddenly woken when I heard a crashing sound in the brush behind me. The woods were very dense. Maybe 50 to 100 feet behind me is where I think I heard the noise. I heard heavy breathing, almost like a, a grunt of some sort. At first, I thought it might be an elk, so I grabbed my bow and looked around the stump. There was a smell in the air, kinda like a really dank stench. Not too horrible, though. I was a little creeped out. I sat still for about ten minutes, and the breathing stopped, and all became quiet again. I packed up my stuff and got the hell out of there. I had a feeling something was out there. It could have been an elk, but I was eating lunch before I napped. I don't think an elk would wander that close and disappear like that. Anyways, it scared the hell out of me. I've been a park ranger for over a decade, but nothing could have prepared me for the horrors I was about to uncover. For the past few months, there had been a string of mysterious deaths in the park. People would disappear without a trace, and their bodies would be found mutilated and twisted beyond recognition. At first, we thought it was just a coincidence, but as the number of victims increased, we knew something was amiss. I was tasked with investigating the deaths, and as I delved deeper into the case, I realized that the deaths may be connected to a secret society of occultists who were using the park as a site for their dark rituals. I spent countless nights camping out in the woods, hoping to catch a glimpse of the cultists. But each night was the same, nothing but the rustling of leaves and the sound of owls hooting in the distance. I was starting to lose hope until one night I heard chanting in the distance. I followed the sound creeping through the woods, trying to stay hidden. As I got closer, I saw a group of hooded figures standing in a clearing, surrounding a fire. They were chanting in a language I couldn't understand, and I could feel the hairs on the back of my neck standing on end. Suddenly, one of the figures turned and looked directly at me. I froze, hoping that they hadn't seen me. But then the figure pointed directly at me, and the chanting stopped. The other cultist turned to look at me, and I knew I was in trouble. I turned to run, but it was too late. The cultists were closing in on me, their eyes glowing in the firelight. I tried to fight them off, but they were too strong. They dragged me towards the fire, and I could feel the heat on my face. As they started to chant again, I knew that I was about to become their sacrifice. I closed my eyes, hoping it would all be over quickly. But as I opened them again, and I realized that I was no longer in the park, I was in a dark, underground chamber surrounded by the cultists. The chanting grew louder, and I could see that they had a knife in their hands. I tried to struggle, but it was no use. 
The cultists held me down as they began to carve strange symbols into my flesh. The pain was excruciating, and I screamed until my throat was raw. When they were finished, they left me in the chamber, bleeding and broken. I don't know how long I was there before I was found, but I know that I'll never forget the horrors of that night. The park may look like a peaceful place, but beneath the surface lies a darkness that is best left undisturbed. Nothing else really makes sense. Let me explain. My family would go camping every chance we got. The place we'd always go had no natural predators, at least nothing bigger than a fox. My dad specifically chose this spot so us kids, me and my two siblings, could frolic through the woods without having to worry. This particular trip was during the May long weekend. There was still a considerable amount of snow, so my dad brought our all-terrain vehicles and some sleds for us. It was the day after we had arrived, and my dad wanted to go on a little trip down the road we came up. I asked if I could come, and he said sure. We both hopped on his quad and set out on our little trip. I forgot to mention earlier that we had deer around the area. Nothing crazy, but the odd one would wander through our campsite. You could tell they had no natural predators since they didn't run away when there was a human around. My siblings and I would always manage to get pretty close to one before my parents yelled at us to stay away, that is. Anyway, my dad and I were a few miles from the campsite when we rounded a corner and came across one me of the most gruesome sights I've ever seen in my life. On the side of the road were the pieces of a deer. At least I think it was one. There was blood absolutely everywhere. Worst still, there was steam coming from the remains, which meant this was a recent kill. My dad is usually a pretty calm guy, not much can rattle him, but I could tell that this freaked him the hell out. He was in the process of turning us around when this, I don't know, screech came from the forest. It was so loud we both flinched. I remember searching the forest for the source, but my dad was in the process of hauling ass down the way we came. It could have been a trick of the light or because I was freaked out and maybe I was seeing things. But. I could have sworn I saw something running alongside us, but only for a second or two. I know I sound absolutely crazy, but the thing looked like a large dog before it vanished into the trees. My dad raced back to camp, and we were all packed up and headed to a different location by the end of the day. We never did go back to that campsite after this encounter. I did ask my dad about it a couple of years ago. He just said it was because the new campsite was better than the old better trails and whatnot. I think he's full of crap. I think whatever he encountered that day scared the hell out of him. And I think that whatever I saw, he did too. But I, for one, am thankful we never went back. I'm not sure if I would be able to sleep at night after what I saw. It still haunts me till this day. I used to work on Vandenberg Air Force Base in Central California. My office was on top of the mountain that was ceremonial, Chumash land. Whenever ground was broken, we had to have a religious leader come out and bless the ground first. It's usually pretty foggy about halfway up the mountain, and I got used to driving it every day, but you have to keep an eye out for deer, mountain lions, bears, all sorts of wildlife. One night at about 11 p.m., I was driving down the mountain and had just gotten to the point that the fog was gone. In front of me was clear, and behind was just a wall of fog. As I got to a sharp turn, I saw what I thought was a large coyote in the road, so I slammed on my brakes. 
It looked like it had no fur and was covered in pale leathery skin with a dog-like head. As I looked at it, it rose up on its hind legs. It was hunched over it maybe six feet tall, but if it was standing straight, I'd guess seven feet. It turned and looked right at me and slowly walked off the road into the brush. At the time, I was doing a class about Native Americans for my degree and was in touch with Chumash members for my project. I asked them if they knew anything about it, and they simply said, we don't talk about that. To this day, I'm 100% sure I saw a skinwalker that night. It was March 4th, around 7.00-7.30 p.m., driving home in south-central Iowa. Going eastward, I saw a light not unlike a cell phone tower, but of a more orange-scarlet color, unlike any cell tower. In confusion and mild unsettlement, my mother and I watched it move and slowly flew away. As we further went to its direction, we stopped at a gas station for a quick bite to eat. And as we left, we noticed something abnormal. Low-laying fog and a scent like burning metal. As we left and got into our car and began to further drive home, the smell of once burning metal morphed into a vile sulfuric smell and then quickly changes to a pungent mold-like scent that made our nostrils, eyes, and lungs itch and burn. So much, we ended up wearing face masks in the car. And for an hour or two after, we faced lightheadedness and muscle fatigue. At first, we suspected a manufacturing plant was having difficulties, but two weeks after, no new information has shown up. Just a coincidence or something more. I was hunting our family farm in Wyoming. I stayed in the stand until last light and was walking back to the house. Neither mom or dad were home that night. I walk up the driveway and put my bow in the truck and start unbuckling my safety harness when I hear something strange up in the pasture behind the barn. I finish taking my harness off and walk up behind the barn and I hear the sound again. It almost sounded like one of the neighbor's young cows got stuck in the fence. I didn't think anything of it and I still had my El Champo Walmart headlamp on so I start walking up the hill to go see what was going on. I got about three-fourths of the way up, and I heard one of the most deepest coyotes' howls of my life let out, followed by the rest of a pack. I'd say three-four total. I swear every hair on my body stood on end, and that shock of adrenaline ripped through me, and my butt headed back to the house to get a gun and a better light. I went back up there, but never against my better judgment, but didn't find anything. If I had to guess, though, I'd say those coyotes had one of the younger cows cornered, and they dispersed when they saw a herd of guy in camouflage beating feet at Usain Bolt speed down the hill to the house. I've heard that coyote with the deep howl a few times since then. Even had him howl back at me once. Never could get eyes on him, though, in person. 